0: you think they talk about the offensive line and the other 31 NFL markets the way we do good morning to you good Wednesday morning I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh sports and this is daily shot of Steelers it comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this The offensive line, here we go again. It's not settled. It's not done. It's probably not even halfway done if you get into the percentage of the five positions that are really unknown at the moment, which is crazy. They've put so much money, tens of millions of dollars, into this room over the past three years. They didn't just draft Broderick Jones. They moved up to draft Broderick Jones. And heck, at one point, it seemed like, at least to them, that they had so many guys that they could afford to send Kevin Dotson out. Dotson became a pretty nice starting right guard in another uniform. And yet, even now, even after the Steelers established themselves as a pretty good running offense, in particular over their final four games, including the playoffs, just when it looks like they have an identity, but also an identity forged in the ground game, they're still not there. And here's what I mean when I say that. Because we can do this left to right, or we can start in the middle. And I feel as if you would start in the middle. I don't believe that Mason Cole will be back as this team's center. The combination of his rampantly inconsistent snaps, regardless of quarterback, regardless of situation, and, of course, the poor pass blocking. Yeah, I mean, that's not somebody that you're eager to have back in that role, which leaves you one of three options to replace Cole. One is to move James Daniels, back to center from right guard. He has spent extensive time, including in Chicago as a starter, at the center position. Do you want to do that? Is there a reason that Daniels was moved off center, even though he came with that specific item on his resume? Do you also want to mess with what Daniels has achieved at right guard, where he has been, by every available measurement, pretty good? now that he's kind of worked through his middle 20s and established himself in the league, maybe he is now a right guard. Don't have that answer. And at the two tackle positions, man, where do you even start? I don't believe that the Steelers' management and coaching staff feels the same about Dan Moore as the general public seems to but I see what the general public sees. I see a guy who gets beat a lot over there. Moore's been decent on the run block, but you're just not going to get away with being good at half of the job. Not at that position. Not on the quarterback's blind side. So what do you do? Well, obvious move. Jones goes from right tackle back to left tackle, where he made his name and where I'm sure... I don't have to guess at this one, management envisioned having him for many, many years when they made that trade up to get him. If you have someone who can play left tackle better than they can play right tackle and they're valuable to you, then you are not smart if you're leaving them at right tackle. Jones himself wants to move back. Not that he gets to make the call, but he's made that clear on multiple occasions. Moore can't play right tackle. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine because you have Chooks for right here in-house with another year on his contract. It's expensive at $8 million, but when you're paying a rookie at a rookie wage and you've got another guy on a rookie contract and you've got not a great deal of expense that's lingering around the positional room, that's fine, right? Well, no, no, because Chooks was benched and he was benched in a way that embarrassed him, and after the season, he made clear that he would not have re-signed with Pittsburgh had he known this would happen to him. Now, does Chooks get to storm or stomp his way out of Pittsburgh? No, because then he's out eight million bucks. But are the Steelers going to feel any great urge to pay him that $8 bucks and keep him around if he's unhappy or pouting or won't let go of what happened this season? Probably not. So, all right, then move Moore over to right tackle. There, there it is. I solved it, right? Well, Jones goes to the left side, Moore goes to the right side. No, no, because everybody in that building on the south side will tell you that Moore can't play right tackle. He's got no history of it other than some reps that he took in Latrobe, and he's just not comfortable over there. So, to review, entering the 2024 season, you're going to have a new person at left tackle, a new person at right tackle, a new person at center, and oh, by the way, If Daniels is the guy who gets moved from right guard to center, you're going to have a new person at right guard, which will be new people at I've already lost count, but I think that's four out of the five positions, and then all through OTAs, minicamp, training camp, preseason— All you're going to hear about related to the offensive line is how they need to gel and how that takes a really long time. And then it's going to happen through the first one, two, three, four weeks of the season. And then in November, you're going to hear how they're finally feeling good. This is it. They're going to be heading into the bye week or something. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's so critically important. Never, ever, ever underestimate what you had here with the previous offensive line that was in place for pretty much a decade. It is a rare and precious thing. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Exciting news from Live Casino Pittsburgh's Poker Room. Join them this month for an $8,000 cash drawing on January 21st at noon. Don't miss the Westmoreland 300 Multi-Flight Poker Tournament starting January 23rd with a $25,000 guarantee prize pool. Seize your chance in the daily high-hand hustle promotion. The first 10 high-hands went up to $200 with a second round from 6 to 10 p.m. More action, more winnings, only at Live Casino Pittsburgh's Poker Room. Visit livecasinopittsburgh.com for details. Also, be sure to follow Live Pittsburgh's Poker Room on X at LivePokerWML for promotion and tournament news. Today's J1Q... Comes in response to the opening to yesterday's episode. Robert says, I remember your Najee Harris rookie year training camp reports that were glowing, optimistic, exceptional skills. How has watching him since then affected your recollection of those reports? Lots of great skill players come into the NFL and fall into non ideal situations, in my view. Najee falls into this scenario and requires a cast of supporting characters to really display his identity and potential. Robert, my feeling on what I saw from Najee going back to the rookie year training camp and what he did in Latrobe is totally unchanged. He was outstanding. He was doing things that were special. He was doing things that made you believe not only that this was going to be a star in the league, but that this was going to be a star right away. That didn't happen. He did end up, of course, with a 1,000 yards as a rookie, and he's ended up with a 1,000 yards in each of the past two seasons as well. But stardom, no, and not really particularly close to stardom either. So to go off your theory that Najee was something of a victim – of his circumstances along the way. Yeah, I'd buy that. I feel as if Najee came from an environment at Alabama where he had these canyons for holes and his ability to find those holes or to hit those holes wasn't going to be exposed. So he comes to Pittsburgh And the situation is the polar opposite. He's got the Hall of Fame quarterback, but Ben had long since gone into self-preservation mode, and he was getting rid of the football almost as quickly as it was snapped to him. Why? Because Ben's no dummy. He knew nobody was blocking for him. And Najee got to find out himself, in his own way, that nobody was blocking for him either. There was nowhere to go. And at some point... Oh boy, I'm going off the top of my head here about halfway through the season. Right before the bye, if memory serves, we were on the road somewhere and Najee and I had a talk. And what he got into, and I mean passionately, was about how something, anything needed to change with the way he and the line were working together. After that, this part you'll definitely remember. He was able to find some holes. He was able to work with those guys, give them a real reason to feel good about themselves. And that turned out to be a pretty nice little launch point for him. But he goes into the following season and the same thing happened. And then he goes into this season when nobody thought it was going to happen yet again. And it did. There was nowhere to run. And at times you saw that frustrate him. At times you saw him Probably even wondering to himself if Jalen Warren was the better back. And then Indianapolis hits, and he had in that stadium what I think was probably the worst game of his NFL career. There were holes, he wasn't hitting them, whereas Jalen was. And ultimately, of course, the final four weeks of the season did happen for the offense and did happen for Najee, and it's never been clearer what his role should have been all along had circumstances been better that's not to take everything and all responsibility and all culpability away from him but i happen to share your stance i, I really do I, I feel like there was a lot of circumstantial difficulty that was put in his path. I appreciate the question. A really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.